We are so back. We are so back and we are better than ever. Folks, you are witnessing right now one of the hottest podcasts in the entire world, the Double Tech Podcast, the only podcast where the two hosts are wearing red and blue. I am joined today by my guest and co-host and amazing person, partner in crime, the Trent Bally. Trent, can I get a holler from wherever you are at right now? You got a blank canvas behind you. If that's how we're entering the weekend, we're entering the weekend on a blank canvas. I like that. Let let life write itself, right? What, where, what How are we feeling right now? Wipe the slate clean. I liked what you said at the beginning when you said uh, we're so back because people always say that. They're like, we're so back. We're, and but you never believe it as much as you do the last time you said it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta put a little. <laughs> yeah, you it, never believe always, it as much as last time. <laughs> it's always, it's always up in the bar, and the bar is going up. And I really do feel like we are back, Ethan. It is great to talk to you. It's Super Bowl week. We got the Super Bowl in a little over twenty four hours as we record here on a Saturday morning. So I'm fired up, man. It's a huge yeah. week to work in sports media. It's a huge week to be a sports fan, and life is good. Yeah, exactly, and. uh you know, they're, they're, like you said, it's Super Bowl week, man. For for Trent's line of industry, it's the proverbial Black Friday every single day of of sports media. Like every single day is packed, firing. He he's already told me about some guests that he's had on. Trent, would you like to go in depth on that? I mean, I, I love hearing about your job because this is something that's like I love sports, so I love hearing about the things that you do. But like, what kind of people have you been talking to? Just a lot of a lot of football figures this week. The most prominent one that people probably know of is Herm Edwards, who was the the, the famous "You play to win the game." That guy, <laughs> that coach, he's awesome, and he was a great interview. Um, most recently, the head coach at Arizona State, and uh, you know they uh, that well, didn't end that, great. That's what I was gonna say. Is wasn't he yeah. the coach at Arizona State? But it, he, yeah, it didn't end well, did it? I'll tell you what, Ethan. It's like every single day. I, there are corners of my life that have suffered because it's Super Bowl week. I mean, that's that's how big of a deal this is, but you got to love it. And I imagine this weekend, or not this weekend, this summer when it's uh, the Summer Olympics, it might feel similar, but nothing is like the Super Bowl mm. in America, dude. It's awesome. I want to ask you as a teacher, do you do anything fun with your coworkers or your students involved in the Super Bowl? Um, students, students, not so much. I mean, obviously we love to talk about who we think is going to win, but again, like I live, it's not as fun because I live where I live in a region where everyone's a chiefs fan kind of. So it's like, everyone kind of thinks the chiefs are going to win. So it's like, that's not really that fun of a conversation, but we did, we did in the school. We had a, uh, a super bowl. It was like, it was soup or bowl Friday. So everyone oh, made a nice. soup. And then like, that was like our lunch for the day, which was kind of sick. I didn't make anything. You know, obviously, because like I don't have a crock pot, but um, I bought I bought some tortilla chips. I did contribute to the uh, sustenance for the day. I bought tortilla chips. There's a lot of good soups out there. A lot of good players. Um, personally, I'm a I'm more of a, a Zupa Toscana guy. You know that one Olive Garden yes. soup. Yes, <laughs> they had one of the, exactly. the Zupa Toscanas there. <laughs> and uh, that, that's that's what I stayed on the whole time, Trent. Yeah, yeah. Staying on the food, though. And this is a question that I want to throw back at you. A, a good conversation we had in class this past week. Top three Super Bowl appetizers. Go. Oh, oh what a question! Coming out hot. All right, I'll say this: Do do what? Do chicken wings count? 
They they would. They would count. If, and if okay. that's a Super Bowl snack, I, I personally left out like pizza, burgers, and hot dogs. I left that out because okay. I think that's like a you know, that's an entree. That's like a dinner. You know what I'm saying? No, you know what? That's fair because even though chicken wings might fall into the category here, I don't eat them as appetizers. I eat them as a meal. So I'll leave that out. Um, okay. I would say chips and queso has to be up there because I just love it. Or, or chips and add salsa, guac, whatever you want to dip it in. I go, I go queso. I'm a salsa occasionally, always queso. Uh, that's up there. Are you a homemade queso guy or are you, are you buying out of the jar? Oh, I can buy it out of the jar. I don't care. I mean, I, I have made it before, but I'm not picky as far as one way or the other. Um, yeah. I will also say buffalo chicken dip. If you haven't noticed, I oh. guess I'm big on dips. I'm <laughs> learning this about myself. <laughs> yeah. As I'm talking through this, this is like therapy. I'm like learning you, about myself. I like dips. Now walk me through the chip pairing. Are you getting the the scoops, the Frito scoops? Are no. you getting just a restaurant style tortilla chip? Like what are yeah. we doing with the restaurant chip? style tortilla chips? I don't hate the Tocito scoops because they're kind of like it's like a little bowl. People know what I'm talking They've about. They've got a lot I, of undercarriage there. They do. There's a nice bed of uh, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you got a good foundation for the chip. <laughs> foundation that's the word you can fill it in i don't like the frito scoops because those are just, fritos are their own thing I, fritos are fine but I, I don't like fritos when i could have tortilla chips does that make sense True. like I, yeah. I'd rather, yeah. if i'm going yeah. to dip so for a third you know what this is a little bit off the board but i'm gonna say it because i don't care have you ever had like what are they called? Pigs in a blanket. You roll up the mini sausages. Shreds. Let's go. Yes, I have, and that is what I make every single year. That's like my really? go-to dish. Yeah, and it's actually <laughs> cracking my list at the number three spot. Pigs nice. in a blanket, insanely good. I'm gonna parlay that right into my list, Trent. If you don't mind, go at for my it. number three spot, I got the pigs in the blanket. You know, you get the. The crescent roll, the flaky roll. You get the little smokies. The little smokies were on sale this morning, you know? Dude. I had to cop a little yes. package of those. By the way, getting the Super Bowl shopping done, like, before the rush. Because, like, I went to the store today at, like, 7.05 a.m., like, right when it opened. And just, like, knowing that, like, all of this stuff was going to be gone in about, like, three hours. It was kind of cool <laughs> to, like, be the one, the first one to get stuff. So, anyways. Yeah. Pigs in a blanket at number three. Got to butter the croissants. Throw a little. I like to throw some everything bagel seasoning on there, or okay. some Cajun seasoning. You know, get it a little spice. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a little something. Number like two. It. We're gonna we're gonna go right into the number two. I also agree. Buffalo chicken dip needs to be on the table at the Super Bowl. It is crucial for. It's spicy. It's creamy. Get yourself a a, to, a to, what is it, Tostitos. Get yourself a Tostitos scoop. And you're sitting pretty for the whole game. Then at my number one spot, Trent, you didn't mention this one. I'm not going to hold it against you. This one, again, I don't know if these are common or if these are just like, you know, rare. But personally, give me the jalapeno popper at oh. number one. Give me a jalapeno bacon wrapped with a cheese mixture on the inside. Dude, the bathroom may not look pretty the next day. But I'm telling you, like, I will take down eight whole jalapenos just like of this thing. Like, dude, they're so, so good. Here's, here's the only fresh. issue I have. The only issue I have with jalapeno poppers. That's a great list you just put together. But you want to talk about feast or famine. I mean, you want to talk about, like, really, really good jalapeno poppers. For every great jalapeno popper, there is a 
horrible jalapeno popper that will make you question everything. So you have to, unfortunately, yep. it's trial by fire. You have to go through some of those missteps to find out what's good. But even right. I'm with you. Jalapeno poppers are great, but you got to know what you're doing with those. You got to know what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, man, I love talking about food, but let's get right. This is a sports <laughs> podcast. Trent. This is a sports That's podcast. Right. The people want to hear about sports. To open up a little bit, I wanted to mention, I feel like this is worth mentioning. Are are you paying any attention to the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, Arizona? How, do you a do any bit. coverage on that? Do you look into it at all? So our the show that I work on, I'm a producer. The two guys that, that are the co-hosts, they're in their mid-50s, not to give that away or whatever. They, they don't care. They won't see this. Um, they are huge golf fans. So, yes, our show does cover it a little bit, and by default, I do end up following it a bit. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because it, it's one of those just different golf tournaments where the vibes are a little higher. You know, it's like it's more of like a party than it is like a, your traditional golf tournament. And right. I wanted to bring it up because I lived in Phoenix for the past couple of years, and like truly, like I never got the opportunity to go. I wish I would have. But like people like treat this waste management as if it was like a like a like a music festival almost. Like you really? go and yeah. And it's like I remember I had a good buddy who was like first in line on opening day. And there was like a drone shot that like when the when the gates were opened, it like went up and like you could literally see him in front. And it's like everyone's like sprinting in to this golf <laughs> I'm like, for golf, man. And like I follow a few uh, golf influencers as well, but like it's just it's a big thing right now, and it it looks fun. Um, but I, yeah, I, I wondered if you had any skin in the game on that waste management, but something to bring Dude, up. I, I don't, but when you brought it up, I I opened the Hard Rock app, the only uh, sports book that's legal in Florida. If you haven't heard, <laughs> Chase, that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the the current odds and stuff. Scotty Scheffler's the odds Scottie on Scheffler. favor right now, but I'll tell you what. Justin Thomas, JT at plus 575. Don't sleep. And by look, this is funny because by the time we put this out, a lot of this will probably have shifted and people will decided. probably, yeah, they'll be listening like, what are you talking about? Scotty yeah. Scheffler fell off the face of the earth. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But yeah, that's awesome. I love any time that a region gets really into an event. Like, yes. Ethan, that reminds me of honestly when I lived in Nashville for less than a year. But they have the men's SEC basketball tournament there at Bridgestone yeah. Arena, which is right off of Broadway. So when you go on Broadway, all you see is Bama gear and Auburn gear and dude, Arkansas. It. And, dude, even the, the schools you think would be less represented, like Missouri, it's just – it is awesome. Ole Miss, there's people decked out. And and here's, here's, here's what I've noticed about the SEC, a little bit of a side tangent. They wear solid colors. So if you're going to a Michigan State game, you might wear like white or or gray. Yeah. The yeah. SEC is different, bro. They wear like if you're if you're a Bama <laughs> they wear fan, the primary you're, color. You're wearing crimson. If you're a Tennessee fan, you're wearing orange. Like you are not wearing any of this, none of this fake stuff. So, anyways, that just reminds me of that. People really get into sporting events that happen to be hosted in their city. I think it's awesome. You're, and I did I not mean, know no. that about the waste management open, but I'm going to have yeah. to keep an eye on that next year. Well, you're totally right. And like, I can even, I can even branch off what you just talked about because like, this is a good conversation, Trent. Like I, I didn't really realize that there was like this regional specific things that happened, but like, it's true. And like one, again, in the city that I'm at Omaha, the college world series 
every single year people treat the college world series as if it is like a national holiday and it's like it's like three weeks away and i'm not watching like no no disrespect to college baseball but like that's not really something that i'm like looking to watch but like people like three weeks in the tournament are like yo like we got this like Airbnb for the World Series, and I'm like, the World Series is in October. He's like, no college, and I'm like, what? And like, it is like people in Omaha, like they pack this place, and they have like you know beer gardens, like amusement parks, like all these really cool things, restaurants, tastings, or whatever. And it is a massive event in Omaha, Nebraska. And I guess you know you look at a state like Nebraska, and you're like, how much do they really get? They get the College World Series, College World Series, and Creighton basketball biggest omaha uh sports sports events going sporting events going on here great but, um great game that was maybe the game of the year on uh what night was that thursday night did you see that against providence i did not, providence? Oh, I did dude, not it, see that it went to ot and ethan it was just big shot after big shot it was amazing and i sitting here as a degenerate staying up watching college basketball on streaming services. It was great. Anyways, you said great. No, I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear about the fact that I didn't watch this by all the people that live in Omaha. Now I'm going to hear about it at work. (laughs) I'm going to hear about it, you know, at school. Now I'm going to, now I got to watch the highlights. I feel obligated to. Um, Obviously though, we got to get into the major event on, on the topic of, again, we got to get on the major topic here, the Super Bowl, Trent. It is, it is the culmination of the NFL season. We're past the regular season. We're past the playoffs. We're past the Pro Bowl antics. We are at the final game. Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Two absolute powerhouse organizations coming together to duke it out in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sunday night. Trent, let's get started. First, I want to start with who do you got and why, Trent? Who do you got and why? You know what? This is, uh, I'm, I'm, God, this is great. I'm so glad you asked this question right off the bat. Because here's the thing. When the Lions, who it's no secret, I am a diehard Lions fan, season ticket holder, all that BS, all that slappy stuff going on. Love the Lions. When the Lions lost to the 49ers, I was like, you know what? Tip the cap. Brock Purdy's a good story. I'll be rooting for him going forward. Spin zone. It's been two weeks. And I've, all I've had to hear about is how the 49ers, no one believes in them, and it's Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and Kyle Shanahan, this is his time, and George Kittle's funny, and all that stuff is true. But they're favorites. They're favored. I don't mm-hmm. need I don't need people to be spinning straw into gold like this is like some 1983 Wolfpack with Jimmy V coaching. I don't need that. You, 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 they were the one seed all year. They've been favored in every game they played in this season. So that leads me to this. I don't know why they're favored. I really don't. I, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. We talked about it last week. Ethan might not have the resume quite yet, but the eye test certainly passes. Andy Reid off a of bye week is great, let alone coming into the Super Bowl with two weeks to prepare for a coach on the other side, Kyle Shanahan, that has been known to choke on applesauce in the biggest moments. So give me the Chiefs. and. <laughs> The biggest reason is number 15. The guy under center, I don't like him. I'm not a Mahomes fan. I wouldn't say I don't like him. I just, I'm not a Mahomes guy. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not, he was my fantasy quarterback. He bit me quite a bit this year and was quite literally the reason I lost to you with a championship as the trophy is displayed 
over your right shoulder there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at the Double Tech Podcast. You'll see the beautiful fantasy football trophy directly behind me. But, Ethan, before I turn it back over to you, I just want to harp on this for a second because it is truly remarkable the great transcendental players in American sports that have been able to do what Patrick, like things like Patrick Mahomes is doing right now, because this is the worst chiefs team he's had in this little run. It's the worst offense he's had. The defense is great, of course, but to take this team, I mean, all, you know, it was one of the biggest stories all season was what's wrong with the chiefs. Why can't the chiefs get it together? Is this the year that the bills or the dolphins or the Ravens finally put it together and get past the chiefs. And yet lo and behold in their lowest, their darkest days, their lowest year, they're right back in the Super Bowl. And I envy that as a Lions fan. Must be nice to have a down year and make the Super Bowl, I mean, for crying out loud. But here they are. And uh, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win big. And we can get into score predictions later. But I got the Chiefs. Um. Yeah, Trent, I, I don't hate anything that you just said. I think I totally agree with the fact that I think people are – blowing up the San Francisco 49ers a little bit more than they need to. They're the favorites, which I also thought was incredibly shocking. I don't think they've convinced the country enough to be favorites in this game. And I think something that people need to look at is like Patrick Mahomes has won a few Super Bowls now, and he is the leader of this team. And I think when you look back at the past couple playoff games, like there is only a win, only a winner can lead you through those games and you are now in the bit on the biggest of stages like you said with maybe not the better roster but your leader is somebody who has a couple rings on his finger he knows what it's like to grind through hard seasons grind through difficult games come from behind and win you know have those big stages and win when it matters the most and for that reason like how can you not how can you bet? How can you bet against the Chiefs in this situation? Yeah, I am also taking Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, this is a no-brainer. You look yeah. at the rosters, and you could say, "Yeah, San Fran's got a better roster. They they put up points like nobody's business. They got star-studded guys on defense and offense and special teams, but they don't have the X factor, Patrick Mahomes, leading their squad." And as much as that pains me to say, because I would love more than anything for a team like the Detroit Lions, a team like the Houston Texans, the Baltimore Ravens to spoil the limelight, you know, but you just look at time and time again, you know, history repeats itself. He's, he's done this man. And he is the goat. And like, we have to acknowledge that. So for that reason, I'm taking the chiefs in a grinded out game. I want to draw on a little cliche that my dad used to tell us growing up. Shout out to Don. He used to say, I will trust you until you give me a reason not to. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to – you say you were, you say you were out doing this. I don't really know, but you're back home and you're safe and you're fine. Until you give me a reason to not trust you, I'll trust you. That's where we're at with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what are we doing here? I, it's yeah. like, Ethan, he has earned the right to, for our generation, I don't know if there's been a quarterback more bettable than Patrick Mahomes other than Tom Brady, of course, because the one Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost was to Tom Brady. So for us, Ethan, in our mid-20s, since 2000, I mean, since 1999, whatever, it's been Brady Mahomes. Name me another guy that's even in that category. You can't say Big Ben. You can't say Peyton. Yeah. 
You can't say any of the new guys, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. You can't say any of them. When the chips are down, Patrick Mahomes delivers. And that dude's walking into Allegiant Stadium. Is that what it's called? Or T-Mobile? Yeah. Whatever it's called. He's walking in there on Sunday at 6 o'clock. And the 49ers, unfortunately, don't have that guy. Now, they have another X Factor named Christian McCaffrey, who I think is probably the most skilled non-quarterback in the entire league. And I don't really think that's a hot take. I think he's the best football player in the league outside of quarterbacks, of course. But, dude, stars win. Stars win, and we've seen it. We've seen Mahomes win blowouts. We've seen him win the ugly game. And uh, Mm -hmm. this Chiefs defense has – I mean, they wreaked havoc on Lamar last week. What do you think they're going to do to Purdy? I don't know. I love the Chiefs. Yeah, I I do as well. And um, I think a perspective that I wanted to shed some light on – is the fact that Mahomes is a guy who, like, people love to rip on, you know? But if you look at his life, like, and the things that have happened to him over the past couple years, like, you, he has, I believe he's handled being at the center of attention extremely well. He's won a couple Super Bowls. He's in all these commercials. Sure, like, he's making his money. Like, we can call it, we can call on him for that. But, he carries himself very well. You know, you look at this thing that just happened with his father, like with the, with the DUI, yeah. like reporters are asking him about it and he's, he's not freaking out. He's just like, you know, I prefer not to talk about that. Like, let's keep a focus on the game. Like he's doing well. And it's just like, he's doing his thing, man. He's a class act. I think he's very respectable, a very respectable individual. And when you are a young player walking into a stage like that, you need somebody to lead that squad who you can look to and he's going to be like, we're good. Like, trust me, we're good. And I'm sure that's what Patrick Mahomes is doing with his guys right now. And you go through a tough season like they did where all the cameras were on them again. Obviously, he had his big blow up after um, I forget what game that was against. Well, there, there were a couple of them. Playing. I think against the Raiders on Christmas was when he really lost it. But I, there were a few this year. Yeah. You take, I mean, like he he obviously gave in that one time, but if you take those out of the equation, man, he's he's for the most part held himself to be very, very uh, a respectable stature, I would say, and yeah, I think that's the exactly the type of guy you want walking into the stadium, walking behind and holding the flag, whatever you're doing. But for that reason, like I'm gonna take leadership, and I'm gonna take a guy that knows what he's doing and a guy that's been there before. So give me Patrick Mahomes and give me the Chiefs. You're not going to hear any disagreement from this side of the table. It's kind of a don't think, just throw. Or what What do they say in Top Gun? Don't think, just do. That's that's what yeah, this is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, look, if, if the 49ers do win, hats off to them. I'll be happy for guys like Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk. The list goes yeah. on. I'll be happy for a lot kind of like those guys. Kind of like a win-win guys. scenario. It's like if you're asking me as, as someone who is talking sports with my great friend here who I want or who I think is going to win the game, I'm going to take the best quarterback we've ever seen. It's really that simple. Yeah. And if if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's just kind of where we're at. And it is kind of crazy because, like, it's kind of crazy because this is the guy that in, like, 20 years when we have our own kids or however long it's going to be, we're going to be – our kids are growing up, we're going to be like, man, Patrick Mahomes was that guy when we were younger, you know? And they're going to be like, Dad, shut up. Like, Dude, this, like, like there's the new guy. You know, there's going to be the new guy in 20, 25 years. But we're always going to remember Patrick Mahomes as being like our, 
you know, Dan Marino, yeah. Joe Montana, the guy yeah, that got it done ours. on the big stage every single time. It's funny when you I mean, and we had Tom Brady. We're really blessed, man. We had we, Tom Brady too. We had we got LeBron too in basketball. Which, and LeBron, what are we doing, man? And and you know, I mean, obviously, our parents had like Jordan and stuff. But I always just think it's funny when you know my dad or someone of my dad's age will be like, "You should have seen the dream shake from Hakeem Olajuwon. It was <laughs> it was unbelievable." Or they'll be like, "Man, Big East basketball back in the day, Patrick Ewing and Georgetown. It was." It was a bloodbath. It'd be like, man, when Mitch Richmond caught a shot on the left wing, it was going in every – and you're like, Mitch Richmond? <laughs> Run DMT, baby. That's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, you're you're exactly right as far as Mahomes is I, – I have grown – Ethan, you remember when I was in high school and I was always just rabid about LeBron James and I would always just try to – beat down Jordan anytime I could because it was yeah all I remember that article that you wrote that big article yeah. you wrote about why LeBron's better than Jordan small plug yeah, and I I used to I used to beat the table for that and I've reached the point where I'm now old enough I don't want to say mature enough because I'm still very immature in a lot of ways but um the human brain does not stop forming until what 26 is that what they say I think it's 25 Eh, same same either same way we're not we're not there yet I'm 24 years old full transparency bottom line I've grown to accept the fact that you're not going to change people's minds about things that they're already dug in on. No one's going to change my yeah. mind about LeBron being the greatest. So why would I change? Why would I get all bent out of shape with other people? So it's kind of one of those things where it's like appreciate greatness. That's the point I'm trying to make. Appreciate greatness. I might not be a Mahomes fan, but I'm watching one of the most prolific quarterbacks that's ever played. And it's happening right in my mid twenties. Like how lucky are we? Exactly. Speaking on that, if like you you see these like big wig reporter guys go at it like I just watched a video of CJ Stroud and Micah Parsons I think and they were arguing about Steph Curry and Michael Jordan and CJ Stroud was like oh yeah like Steph would score 30 on MJ and Micah Parsons is like what like how could you possibly and it's like you're not going to change anybody's mind here no. okay but the most important thing is that you can acknowledge greatness when you see it why we have to pin them up against somebody else, I don't really know. Yes. But they're they're great players. They got great facets that maybe the other guy doesn't have. The other guy has facets that the other guy doesn't have. Regardless, the game is evolving. And that's something I wanted to touch on too, Trent. Do you feel like this is perfect for basketball? Because obviously people bring up these guys like MJ, Ewing, uh, uh Kareem, Hakeem Olajuwon, Larry Bird, and they're like, oh man, these guys, they were they were them, man. They were a bucket. You watch the clips, but like you, you talk about like now, like the guys now, do you think even 20 years from now, they're going to look back and say there was no defense in the 2010s and 2020s, like 2040, this is when the real players play. Do you think that's a generational thing that's just going to continue to happen? It might be because I, I, I kind of agree with the premise you're getting at, I think, which is the whole defense was tougher back in the day and as opposed to I think it's a, it's a straw man argument if you go look at the numbers I think 1989 I could be wrong on this it was one of the seasons in the late 80s is the NBA record for pace of play they played quicker in the 80s than they do nowadays they scored just as nearly as many points like everyone always talks about how there was that weird period in the mid 2000s where it was like where our Pistons won it with Big Ben and it was all about you'd win games 79 to 75 yeah, I, right. I understand that. But 
But let's not act like it was that way forever. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game in the 60s. Like, what are we talking about here? This, right. it, it's not like – getting back to your original point, I, I do think it's just a generational thing where people are always going to cling to their era, and that's fine. Because, Ethan, I'm sure we'll be just as guilty of this in 30 years when we're in oh, our yeah. 50s and we're like, oh, man, Kawhi Leonard in 2019 with the Raptors, he could really clamp up. <laughs> You know, he would clamp down anybody in today's NBA. And, and and people will be talking about how great of a shooter someone is in, in 30 years. And we'll be like, man, I he might be great. He might end up passing Steph on the list of, of just quantity of three-pointers made. Steph was the best I ever saw. And you, you'll dig mm. into what you saw in your formative years. And I just think, to answer your question, long story short, yeah, I think it's just a generational thing and it'll continue. But you know what? Those are the barbershop debates. That's what makes sports fun. That's what allows you and I to do what we're doing right now. Exactly. That's so be- beautifully said, Trent. Beautifully said, as always. We got, a li- we got a little away from the Super Bowl. I want to come back to the Super Bowl really quick. Trent, do you have any keys to the game? Maybe like a key for both teams? I can kind of start on this because I got some stuff written down here, but my key for Kansas City to win, obviously, yeah, we've already talked. I think Kansas City is going to win this game. But I think one of the most important thing, things that they are going to need to do is minimize big play potential from San Francisco. I think San Francisco is a team that I don't want to say lives and dies by the big plays, but they have a lot of them. And you just look at the game they had against the Lions, that massive catch to Ayuk really was something that contributed to the tides changing in that game. And if they just, you know, keep the ball in front of them, I think Kansas City could really play a bend, don't break narrative for their defense and still end up being successful. So with Kansas City, I'm going to tell them to minimize big plays, keep everything in front of them. On the other end, San Francisco needs to do exactly what Baltimore did to Patrick Mahomes. I think they need to make their presence felt. I think Mahomes needs to hit the ground early and often if they want any chance at making him uncomfortable. You know, you look at that Baltimore game specifically, and they held the Chiefs to 17 points, which is a pretty good job when you're playing against the best quarterback of all time, arguably. But they just couldn't get it done on the offensive end. So they need to start on defense, grinding it out, rushing the quarterback, maybe blitzing a couple times, getting to Patrick Mahomes, make him uncomfortable, make him upset, get him you know, crying a little bit to the refs and then take it from there. I think the 49ers are going to be fine on offense. I do. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to move the ball. If Kansas City can just like keep them to a field goal every once in a while, I think this game could be pretty comfortable for the Kansas City Chiefs. So your point on the Chiefs, my key for the Chiefs, I'm going to double down on what you said because I think it's brilliant, by the way. That was a well-constructed argument you just put together. Kansas City on defense, needs to just sit back and be the better team. Sit back, keep everything in front of you. Because if you look at Brock Purdy's numbers against the Blitz, he's fantastic. He was like the best quarterback against the Blitz this season. And a lot of that has to do with that Niners O-line, getting the ball out quickly to guys like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and of course, George Kittle, the ultimate safety net. So KC just needs to sit back and let the game come to them. Keep everything in front of you. There's no reason to rush seven or eight or do much just be be the better team be who you've been all year which is this kansas city chiefs team we we talk about the shortcomings on offense their defense has been phenomenal 
let Chris Jones do his thing. Let Chris Jones win some one-on-ones and create some havoc in the pocket for Brock Purdy. You don't need to bring seven. Sit back, make that Niners explosive offense beat you, which brings me to my key for San Francisco is, for one, they got to play a clean game. If Purdy becomes a mess here, turns back into a pumpkin, they don't have a chance. I mean, if Purdy throws two picks, nah, it's done. I mean, that's yeah. Good night, Jim. You, you got to be able to live with it. Like if Patrick, if not Patrick, if Brock Purdy is out there making Patrick Mahomes type throws, sometimes you got to tip the cat. But if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to live with that. I would rather have him try and beat us with those window throws than giving up those big plays, like you said, on yeah. a blitz where Brock Purdy's the best against the blitz. And we're talking about Mr. Irrelevant and all this stuff, and he wasn't a great prospect, and I got to hear about how Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round. I know. I know all that stuff. Make that guy beat you. And you know what? Credit to him. He beat the Lions last week. Brock Purdy made plays, made some great throws, made some plays with his legs when you weren't really expecting that to happen. But the Chiefs just need to sit back, make him beat you. And and just one more thing on the San Francisco 49ers. You have to shoot from the hip. You got to gamble a little bit. You got to go for the big play. This is not a melodic string music, very beautiful looking offense where they're just going to boom, 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 boom down the field. No, they need some explosive plays. Right. They need some 75 yard runs from McCaffrey. They need George Kittle blowing someone up over the middle for a 40 yard gain. They need big, big plays because if you're going to dink and dunk, you're not going to beat the chiefs. That's what the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers did four years ago when these teams met in the Super Bowl. So key for San Francisco be explosive and play a clean game. And Kansas City just needs to sit back, let the game come to them, because I think they're the better team, despite what Vegas thinks. Right, right. So let's end the Super Bowl talk with Trent giving a score prediction. What is your score prediction for the Super Bowl? What is what? I always get confused on the on the Roman numerals. What Super Bowl is this? Forty eight. Fifty eight. Fifty eight. God, what am yeah. I doing? Ethan, my benchmark for that, it's kind of funny. My benchmark for that is, do you remember Super Bowl 50? It was Cam Newton against Peyton Manning. and Yes. The, the play where he got, like, rushed and then he, like, didn't jump on the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cam. Yeah, Cam. Yeah. I, I got a lot of thoughts on that. We, wanna, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But um, that whole season, they turned the 50-yard line, like the 50 on the field, it was gold because it was going to be the 50th Super Bowl. And then yeah. – for that, for the logo, they didn't do the Roman numerals. They did five zero. So that's always my benchmark. Uh, we we were we were sophomores in high school at the time because it would have just said Super Bowl L, and they didn't want to do that. So they, <laughs> that's crazy. So then they went L. You know, they went fifty for one year, and I thought they were going to transition into just putting the number, but they still do the Roman numerals anyway. No one cares about the Super Bowl fifty eight. Huh. Super Bowl history with Trent there. Perfect. Um. So Trent, can we get your score prediction for the game? I hope I'm wrong because we've had nothing but great Super Bowls really in our lifetime, Ethan. If you go back and look at some of the Super Bowl scores from like the 80s and the 90s, this has not always been a great game. You and I have been very blessed to see, I mean, where do we start? The Santonio Holmes catch against the Cardinals. We saw both times Brady lost to the Giants. That was a great game. We saw the Packers come back to beat the Steelers. We saw uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, even two years ago, Stafford. But what am I? Malcolm Butler, that's his name, picking off oh, yeah. Russell Wilson on the goal line. Like we've Run seen, the damn ball. We, we saw the Patriots come way back on the Falcons to beat them in overtime. Yeah, we've had some awesome. great Super Bowls. And even last year, Super Bowl 57 was an absolute shootout between Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, high scoring. So I hope I'm wrong because the sports fan, the football fan, the American man, 
deserves a good game. It's going to be a blowout. 34-13, Kansas City. Out. 34-13, Kansas 34-13. City. You think they get to Brock early and often, huh? I do. I think you start to see the Niners pucker a little bit. They start to tense up. They get away from what they've been all season. And uh, Mahomes is just better. Okay. Um, so I also have the Chiefs winning. I'm, I'm going to take a little bit different of a perspective to it. I think this is going to be a game where in the first half, it is going to be pretty close. And then I think in the second half is when we're going to see Patrick Mahomes kind of do his thing and take over a little bit. But I don't see this as being much of a blow. I do see this as being a very close game because obviously the, the Chiefs have had their woes. The 49ers have had their woes. I don't think it's very heavily – the scale is very heavily tilted. With that being said, give me 27-24 Kansas City Chiefs. 27-24. I think this is going to be a close game. I, I and, and, you know, I've said this before to you, but I, I love betting with my heart, and that's probably why I lose oh, sometimes. Yeah. And I, my heart wants a close game. So I'm always going to bet on it being a close game. It's going to suck if it's a blowout. You know, it really is. Yep. So give me 27-24 Chiefs. But after after this Super Bowl, obviously we're going to move into some other sports. This is the last time we're really going to be talking about football. We might be able to talk about some looking early, early projections for next year, you know, things next week. But let's talk about some other popular sports news that have happened, and that is the NBA trade deadline. Let's touch on a couple of deals that went down. Honestly, I wouldn't say it was anything too league-altering. A couple teams got some crucial pieces that I think is important. One of those being, let's see, where am I at here? One of those being 76ers getting Buddy Heald, getting some shooting to that roster with Joel Embiid, Another one being the Mavericks adding P.J. Washington. I think P.J. Washington is a phenomenal player. I think the Charlotte Hornets were destined to stink. And I think it's a good that at least some of those young pieces with young talent got out of there. Mavs adding a good piece there. Trent, do you have a specific trade that you are viewing and you're like, I want to make sure that we talk about this? The Knicks acquiring Bojan Bogdanovic was huge. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Pistons fan and the Pistons are woeful and I want to see Bojan go do other things. That's all true. But Bojan Bogdanovic is a guy who, and I never even, he's been a figurehead in the league for a long time. I mean, he's just been, he's been on plenty of teams. He was on that Pacers team in 2018 that took LeBron to game seven in the first round with Vic Oladipo and Sabonis and Mm. Bojan Bogdanovic is a guy who just can run off screens. He hits everything. He's a great shooter. And yep. on the Pistons, he kind of had a weird role because with Cade Hurt last year, he had to be like the Pistons' quote-unquote best player. And he averaged, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he averaged close to like 20 points a game as basically just a spot-up shooter. So for mm-hmm. the Knicks to add him to the mix, they have their young superstar in Jalen Brunson. They made the move to go get OG Ananobi a couple I think it was like a month ago. So right. they've they've got, you know, Julius Randle. They've got their little nucleus that they like, but to add veteran shooters and leadership on the outside. And Boyan Bogdanovich, this is a dude who the Pistons were getting calls for two years ago when they first acquired him. That's how well he's mm-hmm. been playing. And I'm telling you, he's due to just break the floodgates down and run through them. I think he's going to be a great fit in New York. And I'll tell you right now, Ethan, I am adopting the Knicks. That's that's that is going to be the team that I'm rooting for the rest of the way. I don't think they're going to win anything. I don't think they're 
they might make it to the conference finals. But that's a team that you want to talk about a team that's done it the right way. They've drafted their guys. They've made trades. They're not just banking on superstars joining up and the super team going yeah. on. That's a team. And you look at like the Thunder in the West. These are teams that are homegrown. They've done it the right way. Credit to their GM. And I would just – we talked about LeBron in a Knicks uniform last week. I just – I would love nothing more than the Knicks to be good again. It's so good for basketball, man. It really is. So yeah. I'm rooting for the Knicks. Great move to get Bojan. Yeah, and I, I was going to touch on that too. I think I think the Knicks needed some scores coming off the bench. And I think Bojan you could even insert right into the starting lineup on that squad. But yeah. you look at a team like – I think Jalen Brunson is phenomenal. I think he's phenomenal. I think Julius Randle can be questionable in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But you also got to look at, they also got Alec Burks, who was an insane shooter for Detroit in the time that he spent here. But he's been a prolific scorer in all in all of his years in the NBA. So I think you're adding some core pieces to the New York Knicks. Like you said, a homegrown team there in New York. I I so badly want them to like get out of the first round, get out of the second round and make it to the conference finals or something. I think when New York is good, it's good for basketball, for sure. Um, another team you had mentioned was the Oklahoma City Thunder. What are they lacking? They're lacking some veteran leadership. What did they do? They went out and they got Gordon Hayward to join the team. I think this was another great move for the Thunder. You, you look at a guy like Gordon Hayward, another journeyman in the NBA, but just being there to provide some insight, um, keep the young cats in line a little bit, but being a reliable score, two-way player, uh, a great wing. And I think that's going to prove to be very helpful for the Oklahoma City Thunder, honestly, just just long-term. But, um, dude, the, what are the Pistons? Like, I'm so confused on why they cleared, quote-unquote, cleaned shop, but they, like, didn't. They just got rid of a bunch of bench guys. I'm so confused. Can you let me in on, like, how that – like, why did they do that? Do you have any insight or on why or how? I got nothing for you. Other than this, yeah. Troy Weaver, who's running the show in Detroit, went from a very promising start to his career in Detroit by getting off the Blake Griffin contract, getting off the Andre Drummond contract. It really looked like things were up for a while. He drafted Isaiah Stewart. That was a good find late in the first round. Drafted Sadiq Bay. Everything's great. Then he starts taking flyers. He starts, you know, let's trade for Marvin Bagley. Let's trade for James Wiseman. Guys that were drafted second, third overall in their draft, whatever, because they were drafted high, so they yeah. might be good, even though they've already proven they ain't act in the NBA. So that's kind of his, that was his philosophy for a while, and it now seems like he's moving away from that, moving off all those guys, and cutting a guy like Killian Hayes. I don't really know what's going on, but Ethan, just to answer your question, I mean, the irony of all of it is that the Pistons turn around on the trade deadline day on Thursday and they won a game at Portland to win their second game of in a row. They've only won eight games this season. They won <laughs> their second game in a row against Chauncey Billups' Portland Trailblazers, and they did so with a depleted roster because of all the trades. And it was Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, Osar Thompson, and Marcus Sasser. Those were the five guys that led you to victory. And I got to tell you, if you're a Pistons fan, Things have been awful this season, but those five guys I just named leading you to victory, that was at least a pleasant sign. Hopefully yeah. it can be symbolic of things to come. I do think the future's bright, but Ethan, as far as the moves, they don't make any sense. I don't know what Weaver's doing. 
I look. I even look at the initial play of getting Bojan and Alec Burks to a team like Detroit, and I'm like, what are we doing? Those yeah. guys are are scorers coming. Like I, those are pieces for a team chasing a ring, and I just didn't see the reason for going out and getting these like high octane scorers when we're not really there's not really much to us. These are guys that are getting older, not really looking to play a ton, getting a lot of minutes. But it's whatever. It's Detroit, and you know you get what you get with the Pistons. So right there, that was a snapshot. What you just said, that, that was a snapshot of the Pistons season. It's whatever. It's Detroit. That's and how it feels being a Pistons get. fan. <laughs> well, with, without without further ado, man, we got our our most prized segment coming up here: the throne room and the doghouse. I got a couple good plays for us, Trent. You you got a couple picks. You got a throne room and a doghouse. I can start in the throne room. I can start in the throne room. Okay, go for it. For the throne room, this is kind of a, you know, it's kind of out of left field a little bit. I'm going to give the throne room my crown to the men's basketball team at Dartmouth College in the Ivy League. They just came out and they established themselves as employees of the school, which now allows them to form a union which now allows them to negotiate wages as college basketball players. And with things like the NIL coming out, you look at these small market schools like Dartmouth, you know, there's a a billion small market schools, any, any school that's not sec big 10 basically. And you're like, how are these guys going to get paid when they're putting in the same amount of work? So I think that's very good for the team to take that step and to do something that could possibly change the outlook on college sports for the rest of our lives. So good for Dartmouth. I don't really know how feasible this is going to be in the future, but I just think as of right now, this was a win for the boys because I know how much that job can, how much being on a team can seem like a job when you got classes and you got to travel these long distances. And it's like, you're not really getting much money to fend for yourself in those cases. Maybe you're not on scholarship. So good for the boys at Dartmouth. Good for the future of college basketball, I think. But I'm giving my crown to the Dartmouth men's basketball team. That's a great answer, E, because that is a huge domino to fall of potential things to come in the future as far as uh, players getting paid what they rightfully deserve based on how big the program is and how much money they're generating, this, that, and the other. Um, Beautifully said. My throne, there were a lot of ways to go with this there were a ton of candidates like you know we we like to go outside the box ethan and i i'm gonna give it to joe flacco for winning (laughs) comeback player of the year despite only playing five games why that's phenomenal you play a third of the season and you win an award like a, a a league award let alone comeback player of the year when he was on his couch and everyone who knows joe flacco he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens back in 2012, I think it was. Excellent team, excellent defense. Joe Flacco got his ring, made his career, cut his teeth with the Ravens to then come back into the division for the Cleveland Browns, who I think started like five or six different quarterbacks this season and rough. still made the playoffs. Uh, shout out to the Browns to kind of will them into the playoffs. They might have made it even without Joe Flacco, but for him to get off his couch and come back and play those five games and play well, uh, that was a great story this year. So whatever. Hats off to Joe Flacco. He might not play in the league next year. He should, but uh, I don't know. He might be riding off into the sunset, but what a ride that would be 
uh, with comeback he player was, of the year. He was slanging that thing too, man. Like he was, he was legit. He was legit. Like he, what did he? He having a, a couple of three hundred fifty plus yard games over there in Cleveland. So he was I, I don't. I don't hate that pick at all. And then also on the topic of awards, you, Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Good for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Very good look for the Browns. I don't know. Because if you're the Browns GM, what are you doing with Joe Flacco? Are you like saying it's it's your choice? Or are you like, listen, man, you're you're kind of the guy. We want to keep you for one more. So here's here's the other thing with Flacco. Credit to him. He's always bet on himself. I remember when he was with the Jets a couple of years ago and they told him, they're like, hey, we're going to draft Zach Wilson. You can stick around. Like, we, you can be the backup. And Joe was basically like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I believe I'm still good enough to start in this league for somebody. Like, I'm not going to sit around and watch this kid from BYU just take my job. So that's what led to him being out of the league, honestly. Yeah. So credit to him. And I don't know where the Browns will go with this. I mean, obviously, they're hoping Deshaun Watson comes back healthy. That's their plan. But if Joe Flacco's willing to be in the quarterback room and be a backup, I'm sure they would be willing to take him back. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, that, that Zach Wilson draft really panned out. You know, that was that worked really <laughs> well for the New York Jets. Good for them for oh, making boy. that move. Um. I wanted to comment before we get into our doghouse. Your Doc Rivers doghouse last week has aged so well. The Bucks are like one in four since he's been hired. And did you see this video of him? He came out and he's like, the schedule makers don't haven't even rode on a plane before or something like that. And he's like basically complaining about the fact that they have to play in these different locations. Like that's some novelty thing in the NBA. Yeah, so, like, dude, get there's only 29 other teams that also have to fly to games in and out of the season. Like, what are we talking about, man? And then this guy gets to coach the East All-Stars. What in that, the that, world? Yes. that, that is That's like what huge... I'm talking about. What has this guy done this year to do that? What? Like, literally. Like, when you came out with it last year, I was like, okay, yeah, that's funny. Like, Doc Rivers, like, sure, he's in the Doc house. But now I'm like, what is he doing in the NBA still? What? Why? Why is he back? I don't think, man. Ever since two, when, when did he win with the Celtics? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Oh wait, oh wait. He hasn't done anything since. So this guy's looking as good as you know the leftover bananas that I put in the freezer six months ago, telling myself I'm going to make <laughs> banana bread and still haven't done it. So there's Doc Rivers for you. Anyways, my doghouse pick are this is again <laughs> a little. I had to think a little about this one. My doghouse pick, I'm giving my collars to the residents of the greater Las Vegas area who are not fans of football. Because I, they, listen, when the Super Bowl comes to town, it is crazy traffic all of the time. I had the blessing of living five minutes away from State Farm Stadium last year when the Eagles and the Chiefs came to town. And they closed like every single road within a seven like seven minute radius so two three miles down the road it was all closed and super bowl weekend i remember i was trying to go to a phone store to get my phone fixed this place was like maybe 10 minutes away it took me 45 minutes to get to this place (laughs) and nothing makes me more mad than sitting in traffic already so i just know that in las vegas a more tightly packed area 
it is going to be absolutely berserk. And I can just imagine, you know, your average Joe Schmo, who's not a fan of football, and he's like, huh, look at all these people. Oh, I can't go into any of these stores. I can't get into any parking, parking lots. It's going to be absolutely terrible for the people that are not fans of football. So those people are probably not listening to this podcast. But I want to tell you, my heart goes out to you, uh, people of Las Vegas that don't care about football. But um, it's just something you got to go through once in your life. So doghouse to the people of Las Vegas. Great pick. A lot of talk about the fellowship, the lifestyle of sports, and the, the, the effect that sports has on the world during this podcast, Ethan. We've kind of dealt – that's kind of been a theme today. But um, eh, for the doghouse, much like the throne room, there are plenty of candidates for the Kala. Um, I want like to give Every week that. there's a new person. Every week there's a new candidate that you're just like, you – yeah. There's And there's so many every single week, man. And like there's, there's, there's stuff that's on the nose, like a team losing or a, a player playing yeah. bad. But there's also if you, you delve a little deeper, and that's what I'm gonna do here. If you'll if you'll come with me, Ethan. Rob <laughs> Polenka, the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. It's no secret that I'm a LeBron fan. I quote unquote root for the Lakers right now because that's where LeBron is at. I don't like the Lakers historically. I'll never root for him again once he's gone, but he's in Los Angeles right now. They're the nine seed in the East as we record today. They stink. Which means they would be in the play-in. So are they dead? Are they drawing dead? Of course not. Last year, they were the seven seed. They upset the Grizzlies in round one. They they beat the Golden State Warriors in round two. They make it to the conference finals and get waxed by the eventual champion Denver Nuggets. So they're not drawing dead at nine. The problem is their ceiling is no longer title town. And it always was. It was always... LeBron's on the team, AD's on the team. It's championship or bust. Anything short of a championship is a failure of a season, right? Despite what Giannis would have you believe. So mm-hmm. what Rob Polinka did, or better, a better way to put it, what he didn't do at the trade line is ridiculous because I don't know. And maybe this is more of a big picture thing because I'm sure he did his due diligence. He picked up the phone. He tried to shuffle the deck a little bit. But when you're Rob Polinka, a former agent, he was Kobe Bryant's agent, rest in peace. No one in the league really likes him, so you're already behind the eight ball when you're making that call to begin with because no one wants to trade anyone to you. I think of Buddy Heald. The Lakers tried to trade for Buddy Heald before they acquired Russell Westbrook a couple years ago. So Mm. for Rob Palenka to basically try to pry Buddy Heald away from the Pacers and then they end up just shipping him away like it's nothing, that goes to show how difficult things probably are for Rob Palenka as a GM. So look, you might be great at your job. You're not cut out for it because people just don't like you straight up. Not to mention the fact that there's somewhat of an unsaid Lakers tax. People don't want to do business with the Lakers because the, the Lakers are, you know, they've got the most championships in history. They, people don't want I to agree, do business man. with a team like Lakers or throw the six in that conversation too. So Rob Palenka, look, LeBron's only got what, two, three more years of I'm not going to underestimate. I'm not going to undersell my guy, but probably two, three more years of superstardom, all-star level of play. And we're not trying to move the needle at all when we're ninth in the West midseason. I think it's a travesty. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. I, I think I sold the Los Angeles Lakers on our first episode. I think I put them in the doghouse just because I just, I just don't get it. When you have that big of a market, it should be a lot easier to acquire players. But like, I can't help but think that these big, massive market teams now, I'll speak on this in a second. New York is doing something different right now. 
but they're so okay with living in the past or they're so, so okay with just getting these super superstars and making money and like having a good market, probably making a lot of money on tickets, a lot of money on merch, like, you know, just being the Lakers. They're so, they're so okay with that, that they've lost sight of what it takes to win these days. And I think that's the reason why they're so stagnant right now. But then you look at a team like New York on the opposite coast where, yes, they also went through that same exact thing where they're just like trying to get these superstars, trying to make the deals. But I think there came a point where the Knicks were like, hold on, the league is different. Let's try and do something different. Like let's build from the ground up. Let's get these homegrown guys. Let's build our bench. Let's create a strong rotation of players so that we can do something. And I think the Knicks have been dragged through the mud so much, but they're now finally starting to get out of it. The Lakers need to go through that same thing, man. They really do because they are struggling. I don't know why they didn't make any deals at the trade deadline. So I 100% resonate with your take on the Los Angeles Lakers. The last two NBA champions, Ethan, were put together from the ground up. The Nuggets, they drafted Jokic. They drafted Jamal Murray. They drafted Michael Porter Jr. The Warriors before that, I know they went through their little phase with KD, but that, Steph was drafted by the Warriors, Clay, Draymond. Wiggins was traded for him when he was damaged goods. So the super team thing, as, as much as we kind of went through that little era of super teams, it's kind of phasing out. And I love it. It's good right. for the sport. So it's good, good for the sport. Really good for the sport. I'm so I'm so over the super team crap, man. And like a lot of it, like especially with the Clippers. Yeah. Some of these guys are so past their past their prime. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi. Like the, if you were to tell me this was a team ten years ago, I'd be like, Yo, how do they have that much money? <laughs> first of all, but yeah. now. I'm just saying, like, where where's the reason for this? We're we're so stuck on the past still. Why are we offering these guys max contracts? Let's build from the ground up. So I 100% agree. Man, I I do love talking NBA as much as much as the league is dying. I I think it's fun to talk about. I I've been paying attention a lot more this year than I have been, specifically because I've started playing fantasy basketball again, and it's fun, man. It's fun it to is. watch. Fantasy basketball really keeps you invested. And also, Ethan, you're a lucky man if you want to talk NBA because that's uh, we're, we're getting to that point. I mean, like you said, this is the last show where we'll probably talk football. I'm sure we'll have thoughts mm -hmm. on the Super Bowl next week, but that'll be 10 minutes, and then we're moving on to college basketball, NBA, all that good stuff. Yeah, 100%. Let's get into our, our betting picks here, man. We we got a couple picks for you. We got, we got a lockbox. We got a value play. We got our snake eyes value play. I, I I honestly feel like we're gonna be pretty aligned with some of these picks here. Um, I can start with my lock box. I think it is going to be a lock that the Chiefs cover too. Chiefs are currently plus two, 49ers minus two. The over under, I believe, is set at 47. Can I get a right. can I get a check on that? I'll sounds double check right. it, but that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so I think I think the the Chiefs are for sure going to cover. I wouldn't even mind moving the spread up to three or two and a half, maybe by and a half point. Give me the Chiefs to cover. Get that at minus one ten. I don't think that's a bad play at all. Another one that I I thought would be a fun play, one that I thought would be a fun play is I've been seeing these first touchdown score jersey number oh, picks. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. is super fun. I think so. The the bet that I'm getting on on Caesar Sportsbook is this first score jersey number to be over 19 and a half. 
And I am, if I'm betting on that, I'm slamming the over. Give me the over on a high jersey number. That leaves, that's Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. Those are the only guys that I'm looking at in that in that moment. Yeah. Here's what you got to think about with that stuff. And that, that, that kind of stuff is awesome. I love it. I'm right with you. And I would take the over as well. But with the under 19 and a half, that's Debo. Debo's 19. Ayuk is 11. Yeah. Brock Purdy and Mahomes are 13 and 15, respectively. So yep. if it's a rushing touchdown, it's one of them. Pacheco's 10. So you really got to you got to be careful here. There was but she Rice in there too. He's yeah. What is he four? I four, I like yeah. the over. I'm with you, but God, those bets are fun, man. What? A, yeah. What a fun bet that one is. What's your What's your lot, Trent? So this is going to sound really off the board and funny, but people bet on the national anthem every year. Dude, let's and go. I'll tell you right now. We have a guest on our show every week. His name's Lee Sterling. He's a gambling expert with Paramount. His daughter is a performer, and she has gone nine for nine on the pick for the over-under in the last nine oh. seasons of the national anthem. She's going for 10 in a row. She has Reba McIntyre's over-under going under. I think it's 90 seconds or something like that, which seems like a quick one, but she's... It does. She has watched, I think there's like 70 or so national anthems by Reba McIntyre on the internet, out in the ether. She's she's grinded. She's checked the numbers, crunched the numbers. She's 9 for 9 in her last nine Super Bowls. She's got the under. So I am inevitably going to take that. Yeah. And hopefully have a little money in my pocket going into the Super Bowl before we even kick off. But I'll, I'll take the under on Reba's national anthem. That's an exclusive Double Tech podcast play right there. That's that's some insider info that you only get here on the Double Tech and you know Tampa Bay Sports Media show. Uh, what is that show called, Trent? You want you want to plug your sports radio show really quick? Miller and Moulton. Those are the two names of the co-hosts. Miller and Moulton. They've been doing the show for about 15, a little over that. I think I undersold them there. 17 years down here, and uh, they're the number one sports show in Southwest Florida, and uh, they're goobers. It's a lot of fun. Turn up, man. Tampa Bay Sports. Miller and Moulton. You heard it here, fo- heard it here first. Um, for my value play, my snake eyes, I went with a little parlay. This is probably you know going to be plus 200, <laughs> plus 300. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, throwback, throwback to when we used to do our fantasy football podcast, and Ethan would always come on that with like, I threw a little parlay together with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you did your homework. I, I and you know what? I feel like none of these ever. I, my betting record on podcasts, if we were to go back and take uh, a record of it, I would be a loser. So you might want to just fade what I'm about to say. Maybe you fade it for the same value. Give me Mahomes over 300 yards, 300 plus, and a McCaffrey touchdown. I think the McCaffrey touchdown is minus 230, but you're getting value with Mahomes 300 plus, I believe. Parlay those two together. I think this is going to be high scoring, especially for the Chiefs. I can see a lot of good things happening there. I love that. I might tell you on that. I think I'm going to tell you. But um, my value pick here, and this is this is the key, the – the essence of a value pick because I don't think this is going to even happen. And I, this goes against my prediction because this can't even happen mathematically. I only have the Niners getting to 13, but George Kittle to score two touchdowns is plus 1100. This is a guy who 
I think he might be the longest tenured Niner on offense outside of – I'm probably way off on that. But uh, the bottom line is he's been there a while, and Brock Purdy trusts him. And mm-hmm. in the last Super Bowl they played, he really didn't have that great of a game uh, in Super Bowl – what was it, 54, I think. So that's good value, man. It is. If the Niners get in the red zone Two a couple touch. times and they, they do what I don't think they're going to do, but they dink and dunk down the field and put together these surgical, methodical drives, that's Kittle's wheelhouse. There is only mm. one or two tight ends better than this guy in the league. And for him to – anything could happen in these Super Bowls, right? So for him to find the end zone twice at plus 1,100, I mean, heck, you're putting a dollar on it to win 12. So, like, it, it's it, – yeah. no matter what your limits are, just sprinkle on it, will you? That's all. Sprink- okay. we You know, fan, fans of the double tech, let's sprinkle a little bit on the, the George Kittle two touchdown. You, you convinced me to do it. And uh, I will once I get into a state, a.k.a. Put, put a dollar on it. Put a dollar on it. We'll put a dollar on it. Dollar to win 12. Trent, I'll Venmo you half of it. <laughs> <laughs> finder's fee. Uh, yeah, finder's fee. There, there you go. Um, so there you go, folks. We got a couple. Yeah, we got some news for it. Some throne room and doghouse. We're going to close up this shop. It's been somewhat heck of an episode, man. We're, the, ball's really, the ball's really rolling here in episode four. We're really making some noise. We're making some noise in sports media, man. Slowly but surely, that that broadcast job for the Detroit Pistons is coming up. It's going to be in our mailbox here soon, that job application. Trent, I got a reflect for you today. We're going to reflect a little bit. As, as, as we are in this time of Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow, we have to acknowledge that the Kansas City Chiefs are there. We also have to acknowledge that they are led by the arguably best quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes. But let's take a little bit of time to reflect what it was like before Patrick Mahomes. So we are going to take a look at the 2016 Kansas City Chiefs, where they were not, the last year they were not led by Patrick Mahomes. Trent, we are looking for some players that you can name, players, coaches, whoever you can get on the 2016 roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Um, Great pick, by the way. This is very topical. We got dig. Um, Number one, Eric Berry. Eric Berry was on that team as a safety. I only know that because as a fellow cancer survivor, he had the same type that I had, had a great story, and – he was a big reason I was able to get through what I was able to get through. So put that aside. Eric Barry, shout out. He was actually a good player, too. I think he, he was. made a couple He's pro bowls. Yeah, he was a great player. Um, Travis Kelsey was indeed on that team back then. He was. Alex Smith was the quarterback. Alex Smith was at the helm. He was. Um, was Jamal Charles on that team, or were both of his knees blown out by then? I don't know. <laughs> knees, knees were blown out by then, yes. Jamal Charles was not there. So he was no longer there. Okay. I'm... He was on he was on the IR. He was. So he was technically he was on the team, but he wasn't like playing. He gotcha. wasn't on the final roster. Gotcha. Okay. Now this is where we're gonna really just you I gotta might, dig. You gotta I dig. might expose myself here. Um hmm. I think this is a name. This might be way <laughs> off the board. Sharkandrick West. Was he on that team? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love doing this, bro, because you always pull out these names. Yes, Sharkandrick West was, in fact, on this team. 
Number 35, awesome. right? Yeah. Number 35 and the number. Wow. And I hope that was impressive enough because I don't think I can name another one. I, I'm trying to think of receivers back then, dude. I don't remember. I mean, obviously, I remember Kelsey. I don't remember any wideouts they had. Was that was that was after Dwayne Bow, correct? After Dwayne, yep. Hmm. I think that's all I got. Unfortunately. Oh wait, 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 wait. Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, O lineman. Eric Fisher, yes, is on that team. He was the Shout number out. one overall pick, 2013. Kent or Central Michigan Chippewa, was he not? Fire up, yeah, he was. But that's all, that's all I, I got. I don't think I can name another one. Um, can we get coach? Oh, <laughs> um, what was it, Andy? It was. It was Andy. Okay. Reed. Okay. Was that his first yeah. year there? It might have been his first year there. Uh, let's see. 2012 was his first. Oh, 2013 okay. was his first year, so he's good. Okay, we're way off. So Andy Reid was Let's firmly go. at the helmet. Can we get a kicker or punter, Trent? We 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 don't talk about the kickers and punters a lot. Got to show some spe the special teams some love. Um, I think this punter is like a Hall of Famer, low key. I think yeah, and he, and he has. I'll give you this hint. He has a brother who is also a punter. Ah. Uh. I, I got nothing. I hate to let you down. I don't know. Dust, Dustin Colquitt. Oh, that's a name I re I remember that now that you say it, but yeah. I never would have never would have thought of it. But Cairo Santos was the kicker for those Kansas City Chiefs. Look at that. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give you a couple names that I feel like you should have gotten. Okay. This I'm was sure in fact more. this was in fact the year that Tyreek Hill was drafted as a rookie. Oh my god, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, what Tyreek Hill was, was okay. Jeez. <laughs> okay, Tyreek Hill was on that team. Um, you also had man. Jeremy Macklin as a wide receiver. You remember the name oh, Jeremy Macklin? Of course, of course. Uh huh. We also had Chris Conley in the wide receiver room. Okay, maybe maybe familiar. Um, Demarcus Robinson, who is currently with the Rams, was also drafted in that draft with Tyreek Hill. So Demarcus Robinson was another receiver on that team. Moving on to the defensive end, Chris Jones was drafted this year, 2016. Mm. So he was on that team. One of the best, I think, he's one of the most famous defensive tackles in the past 20 years, Dentari Poe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who that is. Dentari Poe? Yeah. Then we had a couple very good linebackers. Tamba Holly was a name on there. And Justin, Justin Houston. Oh, Justin Houston. He was a stud for a while. Like, he was, like, yeah. the best middle linebacker in the league for a while. I'll tell you what. Him, Chris Jones, and Tyreek Hill, that's three big misses I should have gotten. But mm -hmm. as you know, it's tough when it's, like, the team right before the dynasty because you don't know what players overlapped and which ones yep. didn't. Like, like for example, the Miami Heat when LeBron joined and Chris, ba Chris Bosh joined, it's, like, was James Jones on this team before that? Was, right, was, Mike, right. was Mike Miller already on this team? Was Shane Battier already? Like, you just never know. But that, that, that was a great pick, Ethan. The 2016 yeah. Chiefs, shout out to them. Did they make the playoffs? They did. They they made the, This was the first year since 2000-something. I forget. But they, they, had, they won the AFC West for, like, the first year in a long time, since 2010. So it had been six years. They got the first round by... They lost in the divisional round to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. 
I got a weird, weird memory. This I might be off by year. The Chiefs in that era, at one point, they started five and zero, and then they lost five in a row to get to five hundred. Was this that year? Do you know? Ooh, this I'll is, have to do I'm some asking research. a lot of you right now. But so regular I, season, no, they did not start five and zero and go zero and five. Okay, okay, because there was a there was a there was a Chiefs team in that era. Might have been the next year, but they mm. they were like red hot. They were talking the town, and then the wheels just came off. <laughs> like oh, <my. laughs> but, all right, um, good pick. Yeah, one more name before we move on. I think maybe you should have gotten drafted the year prior in the first round. Marcus Peters, stud cornerback for a oh, while. Yeah, and he he's a weird one because he jumped around a lot. Like he played with the Rams, Ravens. Yeah, and he was he was like a good corner, but for whatever reason he couldn't find a home. Little little yeah. difficult maybe. <laughs> Well, uh, that's it for the reflecting folks. This has been a fantastic episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple music, you know, uh, Amazon podcast, whatever you're listening on, we appreciate you go ahead and rate this podcast, give it a follow, turn on notifications. And folks, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for subscribing. I'm assuming you've done that already and we appreciate it. Go ahead and throw a like and a comment on there as well. But folks, have a fantastic Super Bowl Sunday. Trent is going to send us off with some famous final words. Trent, go ahead. So in my sadness, since my Lions left me for, the, for, for a few months, I have been listening to a lot of Motown music. Not that Motown no. is sad, but I, in the Motown, I connect it with the Lions. You know, it keeps me up, keeps me, keeps me happy, that sort of thing. So I got a little bit of a longer verse uh, lyrics here, but this is from The Temptations from their hit song, Get Ready. If you want to play hide-and-seek with love, let me remind you, it's all right. But the loving you're going to miss in the time it takes to find you, it's out of sight. So fiddly-dee, fiddly-dumb, look out, baby, here I come. And I'm bringing you a love that's true, so get ready. And that is how I feel <laughs> about the Super Bowl. Get ready, everybody. One more game till football season's officially over because we don't count the UFL or whatever it's called, the spring football yeah. that's coming up. Get ready, baby. Peace.